Welcome to That Be Mindset, episode 162. Today's episode is called An Illustrated Journey. Today I'm joined by Ella Boywart. Ella is a freelance illustrator. Her clients include Braun, Boots, Johnson's and Metro UK. On today's episode we're talking about a lot of different things. We're talking about mental health, spirituality, art, the artistic process. Ella delves into some of her own personal journey. We talk a little bit around ayahuasca. She's based in Brazil, or she was based in Brazil when we were recording this podcast. So we just talk a little bit about art, Ella's creative process, mental health, well-being, and just have a conversation around all these things. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and thanks again for listening. Okay, so thanks for joining us today, Ella. Thanks for having me. It's My pleasure. So how's your how's your day going today? It's going really good. I've ticked a lot of things off the do list. I woke up really early, like naturally, which was amazing. And oh, I made bread. <laughs> made it from scratch, like is it? Or, or... Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, worked, did some yoga, ticked a lot of things off the to do list. Because you're in Brazil right now. It's your first time in Brazil. What's the experience been like so far? This is my second time in Brazil. I was here uh, for the World Cup in 2014. Okay. Um, Yeah, I've been here now for a year, just over a year. Um, I have my, one of my very good friends lives here. and We were flatmates in London. So I came over here to say hello. And then the pandemic happened, and here I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah how, it's not how's... planned, but trying to make the best of this. It's a strange situation at the moment, yeah. Yeah, how are you, how are you finding yourself making the best of the pandemic? Like, what's coming up for you right now that's an opportunity? Um, okay, so I've come to, like, the quietest place I could find because statistics for the virus here were horrific. So I'm in this tiny little town surrounded by a lot of farms. Um, I try not to read the news too much, to be honest with you. Like just what I need to, because a lot of it's very negative. It's very scary. I get a lot of messages from everyone overseas saying, oh my God, I see this is happening in Brazil. I see this and I see this. And yeah, it's very full on. Do I stay? Do I go? I don't really know what to do. It's a good place that I'm in at the moment and a good time for me to stay quiet, to focus on my art, which is what I think I'm intending to do at the moment. Yes, we get to your your art. Um, When did you start drawing? When I was a kid. I've always drawn. I love it. I love painting, drawing, uh, any kind of, yeah, making something sticking things together and then I studied at university graphic design and multimedia because I thought it was a very practical way of using art I thought it would be a good as we're stepping into this or it was stepped into it this digital world Mm. I thought it was a good tool to have alongside art so when did you start finding your style in art? Because like when I look at your images, they've got a distinct type of style to them. You remember when yeah. you started discovering that style? Um, I think 
when I started working for the newspaper, that was probably like a real kick, you know, let's go. Prior to that, I was doing a lot of sketches, a lot of drawing, um, looking at influences that I had. And then when I started working for the paper, it was like, go, 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 you know, all day, drawing, go. And it really like exploded at that point. Was it kind of like a feeling like a professional? What, what do you think changed for yourself? Uh, imposter syndrome. I never think of myself as a, a professional. <laughs> yeah, what do you think of yourself as when you're doing your work? Because you do get paid for your work. So yeah. like what, what do you think of yourself as? I call myself an illustrator, but lately I've been really um, stepping away from the digital and I've been trying to focus more on, I'm doing so much watercolour at the moment, a lot of acrylic painting on canvases too. Mm -hmm. I found in the quarantine that's when that shift really started. Kind of like back to basics in a way? or Yeah. Yeah. Totally, stepping away from the computer. Because we were in the house for 24 hours a day. I was working on the computer, doing that as my regular job. And then when you've got lots of spare time in your house, I'm sure everybody started new hobbies in quarantine. <laughs> I really like plowed into the painting and since then, just, yeah. And what, what does it give you that the digital doesn't give you? Good question. I like getting messy. I love having paint all over my hands and on my legs and just, it's a different kind of expression. I think it's more, when I'm on the computer, it's like thinking about shortcuts I've got to press on the keyboard and Mm. hand-eye coordination. Whereas when you're painting, by hand it's just a totally different expression do you find yourself in states of flow then when you're engaging with your art totally in the zone yeah how do you yeah. find is there any way for you to get into that zone or is it like is, is there anything you do that helps you get into that state no procrastinate i oh. am shocking at procrastination oh my god do you think that might help in any way the procrastination yeah. Yeah. I was like this at university, you know, leave it to last minute. And then there's this blast of creativity and it's like, ah, comes out, done. Yeah, it's just, some days I'm quite like strict with myself. There was, um, in quarantine, I was very much, like I have this self-care checklist that I do. Mm-hmm. A bit of drawing, a bit of painting yoga drink a cup of tea all these things you know feel good things yeah and one of the things on that list in quarantine was five minutes of like doing this project a day so i was really strict with myself if i didn't feel like i was in the zone it was like no come on because i struggled so much in quarantine i knew i had to stick to this list of meditation yoga go and do this go and do that go and do that was five minutes a a deliberate time frame yeah i read a book on micro habits Mm. and they talk about how 
even one page of a book a day you just do it it's like 20 seconds of your time just go and do it and then you're one page closer to finishing the whole book and when you actually go to do the task you obviously stay longer than mm. you know that what it what about five minutes i set myself would it take you long to do a drawing is there an average kind of time frame it takes you to finish an illustration it really depends on what it is it's um how much is going on in the background how much is going on in the character i like to draw a lot of characters and then it can depend on how much detail i put in i can just do basic shapes it'll take me like three hours maybe for something really simple mm-hmm. really simple and then there's other things that will take days 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 just depending on how much yeah detail i put into it so for the ones that take you, that takes you like a few days is there a chunking process that goes into that do you, or do you just kind of immerse yourself in it for the few days i like to break things down smaller because mm. i get very overwhelmed by big tasks so i'll literally chop crop the picture into a corner and work on that quarter for a bit and then i'll do that or i'll take separate objects like i'm going to work on the characters today or i'm going to work on the details of the plan it's those yeah. micro habits again um a little bit each day goes a long way when did you start realizing the sort of balance between the discipline consistency and just breaking things down into small chunks and then the actual flow to creating something that isn't very rigid it's this spontane- spontaneity there as well it's a constant juggle i you just try and balance everything and yeah i'm very hard on myself sometimes like you need to work harder you need to do more like just chill out be kind oh. <laughs> How have you learned to, to, to work with that? Though? I think that's a common thing that we are quite hard on ourselves to be productive. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's a very difficult one because I like to give everything my best shot. I like to, yeah, know, feel like I've done a good job. I like that. So if I don't get something done, I just have to be like, okay i'm really trying to work with this procrastination thing because it's a uh, self sabotage sometimes <laughs> have you thought about why you could be self sabotaging yourself or why i could be mm. well i watched some ted talks on this yeah. and <laughs> they said that they say that procrastination is um like this is just another theory isn't it but they say it's a uh, defending yourself for if you fail my goal well, i didn't work that hard on it anyway so that's why it failed yeah so it doesn't feel as personal than if you do fail yeah. i didn't really do my but best but it's like a, a subconscious thing that you're doing yeah but when you delve really deep it's like mm, are they right is that why i'm doing this do you do any journaling or anything I have recently started and I say recently as in like last week. Okay. Because 
I've been posting some things on my Instagram and I found like I'm running out of things to talk about. I'm like, I need to just talk about things that are happening to me because it's happening to other people out there too. Mm. I did do a bit of this in the past, but then recently I've just made it less personal, I suppose. But now I think this um, journaling, I'm thinking, like, well, there's a lot of interesting questions and conversations that I'm putting down here. Maybe these are things I could talk about with my art. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I even, I suppose you could journal around the procrastination and yeah. self-sabotage and see what comes out. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, I know that some, there's some things I have posted in the past, which are quite personal pieces, but then there's other things that I don't want to make about me because I want to start a conversation on my platform. I want people to talk. I want my Instagram to be a space to start conversations so we can all yeah, educate each other on different Girl. opinions and different... That's what I love about traveling. You get to see different people, different situations, different normals. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what, what have you learned about normal from your travels? That, that word. Nobody is. What yeah. is normal? Nobody is. We're all trying to be normal, and it's like, who are you trying to be? Just be you. Yeah, it is kind of a wasted energy, wasted time. But it is kind of, it's an unconscious thing that I think you have to work consciously through. It's like the self-sabotage thing. You don't feel like you're doing it to yourself, but your unconscious is holding you back in some way that you have to kind of work with and uncover what's really the real reason here. Yeah, yeah, you have to be um, self-aware, I think. Yeah. Is a, is a to use. What sort of conversations are important for you? What like what would look like success to you in the types of conversations you'd like to see starting from your platform? Um, I really like to talk a lot about racism. That's something that is just it makes me yeah it's a no no. Hmm um so i like to i remember like during the black lives matter movement there was a lot of conversations happening on my instagram um that was a really yeah sort of a activism kind of in a way i try to do these things i like having conversations like that about homophobia that's not something that i mm. you know tolerate or put up with that's something that we like to, I like to talk about on there. Just things I think that are taboo. I like to talk about things that people are, mental health is a huge one. People are so afraid to talk about things. I think we, in recent years, this is completely transformed. We have things like this podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but prior to these last, I don't know, five years it's it's really transformed yeah that's something i love to talk about too just what is normal there's all different kinds of everybody out there yeah i think it's kind of taking it to heart too like like really taking that seriously like what is normal because when you don't question it you just assume stuff is normal and that's where your biases and all your different things come out unconsciously then yeah yeah i like to put myself in different 
situations and circumstances so I can just expand my awareness. Why people act like they do, why people do the things and say the things that they do. Yeah. Actually, with the taboo, so you, you draw about stuff that can be taboo. Mm. How does that actually, how have you found that helping you as a person, like mental health ways and or other ways? Is there any benefits to, to being willing to put yourself through the discomfort of talking about taboo topics? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I talk about these taboo things, which happen to 99% people. People are so scared to talk about these things. So I've copped a lot of abuse in the past for some of the things that I've posted. Um, that's just part of it, isn't it? People are not always going to agree and like what you have to say or do. And sometimes, sometimes people are just, you've hit a nerve and they're projecting. And I don't know, that... I try to be a nice person. I try to be like good to others and and then not everyone's going to agree with what I have to say, but I'm following my my heart, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did you learn to follow your heart? Was that always there or was it something you learned over time? I think I've always been very following my heart. No, I haven't always been I question myself a lot. I think it's um I don't know. Is that something I've always done? Feeling aligned, you when you're feeling good and everything's going good and you're feeling happy, it's very easy to follow your heart and stay aligned with that sort of stuff. And then we we have these dips in life. Like life's a roller coaster, isn't it? The mm. ups and the downs, and um, that's natural, and that's how it is. We've got. I need to listen to my heart in those times as well, instead of being like, "No, you've done everything wrong." And no, 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 no. Does it's, your art, art, does your art help you to deal with the down times in your life? Make sense of it? Totally. Yeah, yeah. it's expression. Like the journaling I've just started as well. There's a lot of like secret things that I like to draw in my illustrations too. Oh, like, I like if it's that. about if it's about a dating story, for example, and it's about like someone cheating on some whatever. Hmm. I'll do a little detail maybe on a t-shirt or something of like a red flag. You know, something little subtle. Yeah. little things. I just like to it's like a little expression, like yeah. Put that there, yes, red flags. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that makes it more exciting. Like, like David does the drawings for our podcast, and um, yeah. he often does that. He puts stuff in there that's quite secret, or like, well, it's not secret. It's just a, a reference that he would get because he knows it. And, and, uh, yeah, like that. Sometimes you point it out. Sometimes people notice. And... Yeah, it's kind of like a puzzle. I think it just keeps people on their toes that they might notice something they'd never noticed before, and. I, yeah. I like that. It's kind of like reading a book that's got wisdom in it and you read it so many different times, you get so many different perspectives each time you read it. Yeah. Different perspectives, like from the same exact same words that you're reading. Have you watched Midnight Gospel on Netflix? Don't think so. No. What's, what's that? You need to. You need to. What is it's, it? It's a, it's a mini series on Netflix all about 
mental health, uh, spirituality, but it's done. It's a podcast. So they're okay. talking about all this kind of stuff. And in the back, like for the, the series, they've created a cartoon to go along with the sound of the podcast. Okay. The cartoon that's happening is absolutely nothing that's related to what they're talking about. Okay. It's, it's really, it's really fun to watch because you're watching what's happening to the characters and then you're trying to listen to this podcast at the same time. And it's like, you, like you just said, you learn more every time you rewatch it and you get more from it. I find that, I find that's a good way of dropping into your heart when you confuse your intellect. Cause I think that's what's going on there. You're, you're, you're caught between two different things. You're trying to make sense of it and you can't make sense of it. And your heart's more opened up to understanding something different. I think, well, that's mm -hmm. kind of my interpretation of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, you can be in like a different mindset, totally. Or, yeah, watching it different again and again, it's just, yeah, you find out more. Let me check that out. What's the name of it again? Midnight Gospel. Midnight Gospel. Okay. I'll check that out. Um, the other thing you mentioned, like a spirituality, you mentioned before the podcast that you, you wouldn't have considered yourself somebody who was interested in more the spiritual nature of things. Mm. Do you remember when that changed for you? I think in my early 20s, possibly around the time that I got into yoga. Originally, I started doing yoga for the exercise part of it, and it yeah. wasn't about the namaste side of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then with more and more practice, that it completely changed. And then crystals became a huge part of my life. And smudging and magic things you know what is smudging when you burn herbs it's usually sage hmm. um it's a i think i read that it is a very old practice i originally believed with the native american indians but i think as well the celts the okay. romans anyway they you burn herbs sage to cleanse negative energy out of a space or a room that you're in mm. or an object it's like um yeah mm. is, it, is there a reason <laughs> for the sage as well no I, I i think there is something to those things i think there's a lot of stuff to that stuff but it, it's intangible but it's, it's, it's kind of just believing that the intangible is just as powerful as the tangible mm -hmm. if not more powerful because everything starts in the intangible world Mm -hmm. That's in the intangible world right now. That's kind of the way I kind of yeah, the about things. Right. Yeah, it sort of has to start there, like because about most of the stuff in the world today didn't exist back yeah. through the centuries and stuff. Yeah, I really started. I already did believe in it, but when I did ayahuasca ceremonies in Peru, it was like just. Um, I don't know what to say. Like it just gave me the the thumbs up like this is the deal eye-opening how was the ayahuasca ceremony what like what, what did you get from that yeah. so i went into the amazon with some friends to uh ayahuasca retreat um a shaman hosts and there was a bunch of well, maybe 20 other people there that had been doing a 10-week course 
Um, we did an ayahuasca ceremony three nights back to back. And it was the most mind-blowing experience. It's just life-changing. Mm. Really opens up something. Because I went there with a lot of questions. I really suffered in the past with depression, with anxiety, eating disorders. Just I really, really struggled for a lot of years uh, with that horrible inner voice, like anxiety, not all the time and I'd heard that ayahuasca was like a cure for depression Mm -hmm. Um, and I did a lot of research I watched a lot of documentaries I spoke to people did all my research and then yeah my friend was like let's go do it so went in there and um, it was like all the I had a list of things I wanted to try and work through during the ceremony and I felt like all of those things were worked through in the first half an hour. And then the medicine was really working. And it was like, come on, Ella, let's get to some real stuff now. Like it goes really, it's like, Deep. you don't, you don't care about that ex-boyfriend that did that. You don't care about that. Come on, get over it. Now we're going to work like on some deep. Oh, okay. So on the list, it was like the, the symptoms, I guess, of, of your miseries and stuff. And then you go deeper into like what this is really about and, Things I was holding on to, like anger towards friends that had done something or a boyfriend that had done something, just doesn't matter. Just let it go. Yeah, that is a tricky one, though. Right? I think it's, it's like holding on to resentment is something more on an unconscious level than a conscious level a lot of the time. It's the ego. Yeah, which is your sense of identity and sense of who you are, which is deep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you get hurt by somebody you go into defense mechanism it's like yeah yeah oh. but it doesn't serve you to hold on to these things no definitely not no like yeah that, that i'd be on i'd be on the same intention to let go of things but i think there's also an element of you let go of things in your own time when you're ready and you don't necessarily get to decide that when on a conscious level so were you nervous before you before you did the ceremony Oh my God, I was freaking out. Yeah. Was I was comfort zone? so scared. Oh my yeah. God. It, um, I was meditating like full on days before, cause you have to do a diet before you go in. So you fast, there's no sugar, salt, fats, no meat, no, like it's really plain because you vomit a lot in the ceremony. So for Is the it... week you vomit all of the. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is it? Is that, t- is that like a grounding thing as well, those types of foods or, or what? what's going on there? They told me it was to cleanse your body before you go in. So okay. there's no fatty buildup. There's no sugars. It's like you're really clean. The mm. medicine's a lot more powerful. And then when you purge, when you start vomiting, it's not, it's really nasty. It's yeah. so nasty. It's gross. But yeah. it's um, not as unbearable because of the diet you've been having as well. Okay. Um, yeah, so I was meditating a lot, doing this diet, um, but I was freaking out. I was really, really out of my comfort zone. I didn't know what was about to happen. Yeah, it's terrifying. And it's not something that I'd tell somebody to do unless they know they're ready. 
it's amazing and it's life-changing but it's no joke yeah no i got i get that impression whenever i've seen that type of stuff mm. i get the impression you need to be in a good place yourself a relatively good place and grounded i think also mm. true i think that really helped me meditation techniques during the really intense i i think i was maybe about 20% conscious during the ceremony mm. just enough to make it to the bathroom if i need like crawling along the floor okay um, and if i started to panic those grounding techniques that my therapist had taught me to do the five four five things you can hear four things you can feel you know this i forget which oh. which um routine you do it in but Tune into the senses to ground yourself. Oh, I get it. I heard that something recently. Right, you're walking down the street and pay attention to like the tree or pay attention to your surrounding. Like that's one oh. sense, and then there's other Bringing senses. Bringing you into your space, into reality, and not running away with your thoughts. Five things you can hear. Four things you can see. Yeah. Three things you can feel. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a good technique uh, for somebody. Yeah, it was like in their inner world all the time, kind of mulling things over all the time and not really aware of their surroundings or the external so much. Yeah, not present. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that helped a lot during the ceremony when it got a bit too much. Did you notice any change in your art after the process? Um... Immediately after I created some pieces that were specifically for the story of ayahuasca, it was really psychedelic. <laughs> I drew a picture because my friend wrote up a story about the whole situation and um, I did the art for it. So after we talked about what happened to each of us, I drew this art that was inspired by what I'd seen and by what she'd seen during the trip. Oh, do you know what she thought? Was she just told you or like her? Told me. Oh, yeah, okay. my friend yeah. told me. And yeah. uh, she saw like she was a frog in her mm. trip. Um, okay. So I'd put frogs in the illustration, but then the aesthetic of it, I suppose, was inspired by what I had seen, which was super psychedelic flying through rainbow space yeah uh -huh. yeah that i would imagine it does broaden your mind uh it, totally uh, to the power of the intangible yeah energy like it was an extremely spiritual experience like i felt like i met god mm. this energy was just it's what we're all made of yeah. It was it's very, very hard to explain. People probably think, what is this girl saying? <laughs> I, I think it's something you can't intellectualize, you can't really articulate. It's more like an embodied feeling that you're you're going through, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You feel it. Yeah. No, but, uh, yeah, it it opens up my mind to know that so many things are possible. I guess it puts things into perspective, your little life problems and yeah. experience that. Like those ex-boyfriends, it was like, get over it. Yeah. Next. <laughs> it's, only, it's only harming you holding on to the anger because he doesn't know that you're still angry. You don't, just let it go.
I suppose is that probably one of the more powerful things I guess you saw that you could leave go of that anger. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. None of yeah. it matters. All we're here for is to have a good time, to be good, do good for others, just good vibes, good vibes all the time, just good energy. And it's limitless. We have up days, we have down days, but yeah. Yeah. How about the meditation there? Were you when did you start getting into meditation? Was it after yoga or were you meditating before that? I've done a tiny bit, but nothing nothing really serious. But I had a little crisis a couple of years ago and ended up in therapy. And my therapist, oh, he's such a legend, such a great guy. And he really got me into meditation. Every day I was meditating. I got a book about it. Because I was, my anxiety was horrific. It was so bad. Being so horrible to myself. How was it affecting you? Like, I suppose you've got the contrast now. And like, I guess, what percentage of your days were filled with anxiety now looking back on it? Would you say? I was not functioning. I, yeah. was, I went for a run after work and had to run down a side street to cry because an old couple was looking at me. Okay. Probably just because I'm a person running on the street. But at mm. that time, my head spun into, you shouldn't be running on the pavement. You're annoying everybody that's in your way. You shouldn't be wearing what you're wearing. You're not, your posture's not proper. Like everything, I was just attack, 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 attack. Yeah. I couldn't stop that voice as soon as I... I, I didn't I didn't realize what anxiety was I suppose yeah um yeah there was other times I had to play over the car because I would just start crying and attacking myself that everybody thought I was a terrible driver and yeah the anxiety and I noticed now that this started happening when I was a lot younger I used to go to ter uh, parent teacher interviews at school and have a meltdown. I'd be hysterical because I was so anxious. And in my head, they were saying, well, he's bad and you're not a good student. But at the time, I didn't know it was anxiety. Yeah, I'm guessing you would have just thought it was normal. It's just, that's life. Yeah. Yeah. And then that voice gets out of control. And yeah. when I stopped, I think I remember going to the toilet and I saw a sign on the back of the door. And it was like an ad for, um, like a depression hotline or an anxiety hotline. And there, were, there was an example of a, a letter that somebody had written. And in a red marker pen, they'd scribbled over the top of everything and then written these really attacking words instead. Okay. And then it said, this is what anxiety sounds like. And I'm like, oh my God, that's me. That's me. That's that voice in my head. It's constantly criticizing, constantly horrible to you. Yeah. And then when it got really bad, that's when I was like, okay, something's got to change. What do you think it was about your therapist that made you want to give meditation a go? I didn't want to go on medication. I went on medication when I, I think it was like 15. I went on the contraceptive pill. And as soon as I went on that, my mental health just plummeted. 
super depressed. Like it was, I obviously had had anxiety before, but the contraceptive pill really messed me up. The hormones just, it's not good for me. Mm. Um, but at the time, I guess people never used to know that the pill does this. So I went to my doctor and I was like, I feel depressed. And he's like, you, I have some antidepressants. Like that in five minutes. It was so easy. Just take the pills. And I was taking these pills and then it ended up in a big crisis. And it was just, I was miserable. I was so miserable. Um, And I didn't want to get back to that point again. I was like, I'm not taking pills. This is a problem I need to address. So I was willing to try anything before going back on medication. And then I saw the meditation was really working. Did it take long for you to start seeing that it was working for you? I had a lot of meltdowns in my therapist's office. (laughs) Okay. Uh, He would like, I'd start crying as soon as I walked in the door. Like, hi, Tim. Ah, I'd start crying. It's like, hi, Ella. <laughs> and then I'd get to the point of, like, not being able to breathe. I was hyperventilating. And he's like, stand up. Do a squat. Go and touch the wall. Like, bringing me back to now. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, now we're going to tell me five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can touch, you know, this, this technique. Um, and then he talked me through like mindfulness, you know, your head's racing with the, what if this and what if that? And I think this and then, and then stop. Be present now. Yeah. He was a, it was, it takes a, it, he's a great therapist, but it also takes the home practice and the discipline too. You can't just go to this person's office and cry and bitch every week and then not do anything to change your life in my opinion <laughs> yeah, you have to save yourself nobody's going to save you like people yeah. can help you but they can't save you like. yeah you've got to do it nobody can get inside your head and do it for you so that uh i suppose that the first time that you started seeing the difference between living in your head and being in the present moment yeah i stopped panicking weeks went past before a panic attack would happen when the panic attack would happen, I would sit and I'd actually address what had happened as well. Instead of going and getting drunk or going and getting high. Yeah, not running from it. And exercise helped a lot as well. I didn't want to be, I wanted to be healthy. Yeah, so you're steering more towards the natural stuff there, I guess, the mindfulness, exercise. Yeah, I think the pills, look, I think antidepressants can be, if you are really, really struggling, it's going to get you through Hmm. a moment until you can deal with it, then yeah, do it. But it's like a band-aid, I think, sometimes you need to address it. Yeah, I feel it's like, um, yeah, you can get to a place where you need something to begin with, but personally, I don't think I'd recommend well, I'm not a doctor, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't see it as like a long-term fix because it's also an opportunity. These mental health crises give you an opportunity to really understand yourself, take a look at yourself. Like when you start doing this mindfulness meditation, you start seeing that this thing that was very difficult and traumatic actually opened the doorway to understanding myself as a human being, as a spiritual totally, being. Totally, totally. You know? Growth comes from those difficult moments. Yeah. 
And it, you just need to remember when you're in the thick of the storm, this is going to pass and I'm going to learn from this. That's the hard bit. When you're actually in the thick of it, not to let yourself drown in emotions. And... Yeah. yeah. I often found it like uh, weird that it was emotions I was running from. Like obviously the different types, like there's this trauma as well built in there sometimes. But sometimes it's just like I'm uncomfortable feeling nervous. Something as simple as that. You can make a big deal out of that. Like, why are you always nervous? And that'd be the chatter. Is actually before the call we mentioned about like that. Uh, I think before I would have bought into the idea that it's only crazy people who hear voices in their head. But now I've kind of understood that it's it's often Everybody's mentally crazy. grounded people. You can see the contrast. Uh, everyone yeah everyone has those voices yeah yeah exactly. it's just what, what those voices saying but we're constantly yeah. i think it's very worrying when you don't see the voices though because they've trapped you as in mm -hmm. that's when things can get very crazy because like you're bothering yourself and you don't even know you're the one bothering yourself inside yeah. your own mind that's yeah. very toxically it's not yeah, that was me before therapy. Like, I'd say something horrible to myself. Now, I'll notice, I'll be like, stop. Yeah. Stop. But before, it would go on for days and days and days of this. You can't run properly. Those old people think you shouldn't be on the street. And it's just nonsense. Nonsense. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the... I felt like my mind was like the master to my life until I became aware of it. Then it started becoming gradually the servant of what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like something that I can use to create and connect with people and use in a service of things. Yeah, totally. It's, um, yeah, like a lot of reading books and um, awakening, <laughs> evolving as a human spiritually mentally and so for you the art did that help you through this process like in hindsight or how did that what role did the art play throughout your life so far yeah because there's some things like a lot of people relate to the things that i'm going through we're never alone there's always someone else who's going through something similar or, and sometimes when i post it's not about anything that I'm dealing with, but it's something a friend has said to me or I see a friend going through. And I'm like, I wanna know people's opinion on this. And then people have conversations with each other on that space too. And it just opens everyone's eyes and minds to all different kinds of ways of doing things, lifestyles, choices of doing whatever. And again, that's something that I think, um, I see a lot of in my travels, so many different kinds of normal. There's always somebody else out there who's going through or dealing with what you're, you're doing. Hmm. Actually, just going back to the, the art there. Um, do, you, do you have any advice for somebody who draws, it's their passion, and they would like to make something of it in the future? Do you have any advice on how to go about that? Never throw away your art. There's things that you can come back to in years and you've, like you, you might not like it at the time, 
you can come back to it in years with a different opinion, a different set of eyes, and it can really evolve into something. Keep drawing, just do it, do it, do it. Social media, like I said, it's a great tool to have because you can share your art. But then at the same time, you need to be very careful with social media and your mental health. I think it's good to um, use it as a platform to share your art. Is there anything you do to find a balance with it? Like, do you have kind of certain time limits that you go on it or do you do anything that way? Well, I don't have a phone. I don't own a phone, so that helps a lot. Mm. Um, I only use my laptop and I like to, first thing, I like to get up, do some writing, post, share something. I like to create something every day. Are you intentional? Then, or, yeah. yeah. And then I, I will go about my day, do some other things. I'll check in again later. Because I don't have a phone, it's not as accessible. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I've gone through periods right, where I'll take the social media apps off the phone for a while and just use the yeah. laptop to yeah. post. What's always kind of gotten me those Instagram messages because yeah. I, I don't even access them on the computer. Maybe you can, but yeah, uh, yeah okay, okay. <laughs> maybe that was probably my own mind, like an excuse trying to get me back on the phone to download it. <laughs> but uh, it is, yeah. That's... But uh, there's a question there. Are you pretty intentional with your how you start your day then? Um. I try, mm. I try, I'm a terrible morning person. Oh God, I need coffee. Okay. So yeah, some days I get like today, I made bread this morning, go me. <laughs> but it doesn't happen every day. Yeah. Some days I'll get up and I'll just stare at useless junk in my room and procrastinate. <laughs> Yeah, I try to get through my checklist. I have a checklist that I try to get through every day, whether that happens first thing to my start of my day. It's a good way to start the day because yeah, I can trail on from that, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, as well as going easier on yourself in the days it doesn't work. And I, I do think there's also an element of, we might label it as, as procrastination, but there's also an element of just not really doing much that would actually yeah. help you with your art. Like if you're always yeah. regimented, regimented in how you do things, you're going to be susceptible to seeing things in a certain way, I think, more often than yeah. rather having that kind of time where you're just not focused on anything for, for now. Yeah, you need to know when to have a break. It, that's a tricky one to, when you're in the zone and you're like, I've just got to do it. But then also you need, you need to have breaks. Yeah. You need, sometimes I have to, it's a real balance. Sometimes I'll stick and stay in the zone. And then other times I want to keep doing it. I'm like, no, just take half an hour, walk away, do some stretches, have something to eat. And then it, you're going to have more of a hunger to get back into it. That's good advice, actually, yeah. Because you can easily get absorbed in what you're doing. And, yeah. and then you go back, like, full steam ahead. Hmm. Sometimes. Yeah, again, yeah, that's a bit of a discipline again like it's like uh yeah. i did find that when i started off uh writing and stuff that was kind of a, a bad thing for me i get absorbed in it and my mental health suffered and my even physical health suffered because you're not really paying mm -hmm. as much attention to that then 
Yeah, that's why this checklist really helps me. Spend time on the, the computer doing things, emails, then go and do painting, like watercolor, go and do yoga, go for a walk. Yeah, it's a good balance. It's a good list. That that's, good. that's good. Oh, it's good talking to you today, Ella, learning yeah. about your art and your travels. Yeah, great talking with you too. It's good to talk about the same kind of things people are interested in, learning about yeah. the mind and art, the things I love. Yeah, open up conversations. Uh, yeah. Where would people find you online if they want to check out your work? Um, they can find me on my website, which is ellabyworth.com. E-L-L-A-B-Y-W-O-R-T-H. Or that's my handle for everything. Perfect. Socials, yeah. Cool. I'll put a link in the show notes as well. So, yeah, thanks again, Ella. Great Thank to talk to you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. So, yeah, until next time, have fun and enjoy the process.